Welcome to uh, virtualchurchmedia.com. Also, we meet on Wednesday nights in Central Florida. Quantum Kingdom Life. We have a live audience tonight. Say hello, everybody. It's an excited group tonight. We've got uh, blowers and everything. Go ahead, somebody blow the... <laughs> it's a party time. We, we've been on a series called Dreams and Visions. We, we've been on a series called Dreams and Visions. This is actually part four, which is interpretation keys or keys to interpreting helpful hints. We're going to talk tonight about how to position yourself to not just receive dreams and visions from the Lord, but also when he does visit you in his language of the night of dreams and visions, how to recognize it was God that visited you in that way, drawing you or me into his presence, into fellowship, so we can spend time with him. And then that dream that he gives us, he'll grant us interpretation with signs and symbols that are biblically anchored and also application, how to apply it, and the timing of what, how, and when to do what he's shown you, whether it's to refrain from something and something misses you, or to seize the moment, whether it's to preach or win somebody to Christ, to make an investment, to position yourself for ministry, and God gives the invitation, the golden railroad tracks, but it's our job, it is our job to literally step into that moment and to ride or walk or travel down those railroad tracks with the Lord that he's laid out. So a lot of times people get prophetic words and they don't come to much because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God, the mature sons and daughters and the Lord leads us into triumphal procession in Christ Jesus. If he gives us a dream or a vision and it's a leading and we don't follow, we don't follow him into victory. Instead, we miss our day of visitation. God's will is that none perish, but all men and women and children come to repentance. But we know that hell hath enlarged itself. Why is that? Because even though it's God's will that none perish and all come under repentance, people miss heaven because they miss those intersection and those divine appointments with God. The Israelites, Jesus longed to gather them while he was on the earth as a hen carries or gathers her brood of chicks, but they did not recognize their day of visitation. So Luke 19.44 says they didn't recognize their day of visitation. In the Old Testament, the children of Israel, it was an 11-day walk from Egypt to the promised land, but it took them 40 years, and they missed their day of visitation. Why did they miss it? They kept walking around in circles in the wilderness. They kept tempting the Lord with unbelief. They limited the Holy One of Israel. What do you say tonight we just take off the limits with God and allow Him to be God all by Himself and that His will is so much better for us than our will is, you know. I like to say my best thinking before I was saved got me 22 years in federal prison. That was my best thinking, trying to fulfill God's will for my life without God. You know, all of life's problems really can be summed up in, in this. Mankind trying to fulfill their God-given calling on their life without God. In the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter 11, 
They were called to be a great people. Instead, they built a tower of Babel, a tower unto themselves. In Genesis 11, it's interesting. It says, nothing they put their hand to do will be impossible for them. Wow. Without God, nothing was impossible for them until he came down and confused their languages. But they wanted to build a tower unto the heavens to make a great name for themselves. And God came down and confused them and scattered them all over the face of the earth. Now, what's interesting to me is this. If God said, let us go down and see what they're doing, there's nothing that they put their hand to do because they're one people in unity. They're all speaking one language. This is the power of agreement without God. How much more when we have the power of agreement with God, where we're all one in purpose. We're all speaking the same thing. We all have the same kingdom language, nothing will be impossible for us. So if we come into agreement with the Lord in vertical relationship, dreams and visions, being able to hear his voice, my sheep hear my voice, another they will not follow, Jesus said. We come into vertical relationship from heaven to earth, earth to heaven with God, and then we, by a byproduct, come into horizontal relationship across the earth with mankind, and we come into unity. My gosh, nothing would be impossible for us, the enemy loves to divide and conquer. A house divided against itself will not stand. So today, we declare in the name of Jesus that the glass ceiling of the enemy is broken off of us. The spirit of limitation is removed. I declare limitations broken and the spirit of limitation unraveled from your life like a serpent that's tried to tie you down. I liberate you by the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can be all you were called to be for divine destiny to be made manifest in and through your life that hell might be plundered, heaven might be populated, that you might be led in triumphal procession in Christ Jesus, that you are one who's led by the Spirit of God because you're a son or mature daughter of the Most High God. I declare you cleansed, freed, liberated, and empowered by the Holy Spirit to fulfill your God-given purpose and destiny in the earth in Jesus' mighty name. Those in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Tonight we're going to talk about dreams and visions, keys to interpreting. We're going to talk primarily tonight as we get into this teaching about three components to a prophetic word. Every prophetic word has three different components to it, just like a transistor radio has different components. If one of those components isn't functioning, you don't get a clear signal. You don't get a clear message. Have you ever had the uh, antenna is a little bit off? That's one of the components, the receivers not functioning properly, or you're out of range and you get a partial message and it's scratchy and you're missing words and it's bleeding in and out, but all of a sudden you get a good antenna, you get a clear bell tone signal. Or maybe you have a bad speaker on your radio and it gets broken and, it, and it's, it, you can't hear the message. We have different components with prophetic word. It's not that God is not communicating, he is. Sometimes our, our antenna is not receiving. Sometimes we're not clearly hearing his voice. You know, if you have water that comes through a hose on a, on a hot summer day, and when we were kids, before everybody had bottled water and purified water and alkaline water and, you know, supercharged water and flavored water and 
water water and water was more expensive than gasoline back when water was free when we were kids you would go out on a on a hot summer day and you know it was one of the first hot days of summer in the spring and that hose would have been out in the sun and you turn on that water and you don't want to drink it right away why because you know a cockroach might come out a worm uh you know it might be hot water it might taste like the rubber hose but as that water runs for a while it cools down and you can drink from that hose and it's refreshing and it's so good well sometimes that's how the prophetic is sometimes when the prophetic begins to flow a person's soul has mixed with the water of the holy spirit and it's gotten in the way and it becomes uh you know it's got some cobwebs on it it's got some other things mixed with it it's got some personality mixed with it but as the prophetic begins to flow the water of the holy spirit the rivers of living water that flow from within you as john 7 37 promises he will cause rivers of living water to flow out of your belly out of your mouth and that free flow of the holy spirit will be fresh water it'll be like apples of gold and settings of silver you'll speak a word in season unto him or her who's weary and it will bring refreshing and that's what happens when you let the water flow now the key is this you let the water flow in your private prayer time with god now your hose gets cleaned out then when you come into the public and begin to prophesy it's the pure word of the lord not a mixture of david and jesus instead it becomes jesus through the vessel of david or through the vessel of carol or through the vessel of billy through the vessel of of of, of shekinah whoever the point is this you want that flow so if you'll pray in tongues privately in your prayer time or if you'll pray in the spirit whether that's in english whether that's in other tongues whether it's psalms or hymns or spiritual songs making melody in your heart unto the lord or reading the scriptures out loud however you get into the presence of god and you connect with him it might be dancing before the lord it might be playing drums it might be sitting silent and still before the lord however your connection is with god because yours might be different than mine if i can't get into the presence of god i'll just pray in tongues and i'll pray in tongues till i get that breakthrough and it'll get the cobwebs out of my motor so to speak it'll get david out of my motor it'll get life's vicissitudes out of my motor it'll get the cares of the world out of my motor and the next thing you know is like it'll begin to flow and then i'll start to get interpretation of tongues or a prophetic word or i'll begin to see things clearly i will no longer no longer see them from the natural realm through my finite thinking but now all of a sudden the natural thinking is out of the way heaven is open and the mind of christ begins to reveal god's plans and purposes and i no longer am praying about a person in the same way i'm praying the father's heart about the person now i have compassion about that person who was an irritant before now i have compassion and the only time i want to you know bend over and look down on them is when i'm bending over to pick them up and put them back on solid ground and dust them off. We have to get the cobwebs out. And it's the same way with interpretation of dreams. So God can give you a dream. And if your soul is polluted with the cares of this world, you can misinterpret what God is saying. But if your heart is right before God, you'll get a clear interpretation and he'll lead you in triumphal procession in Christ Jesus. How many want to be led to victory instead of led to the slaughter? 
all those hands better go up. If not, you know, we'll just go ahead and pray that God delivers you from that spirit of, you know, early death, covenant with death or suicide. So we declare freedom, victory, and empowerment. So the three components to a prophetic word are number one, revelation. Is it God? Is it God? Is it the devil? Is it your flesh? Is it too much pizza and anchovies and ice cream before bed? Was it a pizza dream? You know, was it one of those things? And if it's God, first component, if it's revelation and it's God, then and only then do we really even need to go to the second component, which is interpretation. What does this dream? What does this symbol? What does this sign mean? And then we ask the Lord for interpretation. And he'll often highlight something. He'll give us an insight. And then the third area of a component of a prophetic word, the three components of a prophetic word, revelation number one, interpretation number two. And the third is application. What do we do this? How do we apply this information, this revelation, this interpretation? How do we apply this, this, this piece of information? And as part of application, it's timing. Now, there's an old joke, you know, ask me what's the most important thing about my job. What's the most important thing about your job? Well, uh, I'm, I'm a comedian. Well, what's the most important thing? What, what, you know, what do you do for a living? I'm a comedian. What's the most important thing about your job? T -t 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 timing. Okay, so you've got to have good timing. And so you can miss the timing of God. You can walk into a moment. I'll give you an illustration. One day I was in, I was in prison and the Holy Spirit told me in a dream at 3 a.m. He said, tomorrow I want you to come back from your job where you're working work cadre at Fort Leavenworth in the community. I'd worked my way down from a penitentiary to a medium to a, you know, a, a, you know, a low to a camp, and then I went to camp. Then I, it was 20 years, and all of a sudden, you know, here I am in a camp, then two years there, and the final three years, I'm in community custody working from like 7.30 in the morning till like, you know, 3.30 in the afternoon. And the Holy Spirit tells me tomorrow, at two o'clock, I want you to ask your civilian boss to drive you back to the camp and I want you to come back early. And I want you to go meet with the camp administrator and I want you to give him a word from me. And I said, wow. I said, okay. And this, this guy was not you know, really conducive to receiving you know, counsel from inmates. And, and by the way, there was a lot of staff members who actually were. They were very, very humble. And, and God had, you know, anointed me on, on many occasions to see staff members healed of cancer, delivered of demons of pornography, um, delivered of gambling spirits, delivered and seen, you know, physical miracles, healing miracles, deliverances, marriage restorations. And often my name would be called over the loudspeaker to the chaplain's office. In Made Herobedian 27530-004, please report to the chaplain's office immediately. And I'd like go and I'd be like, my God, you know, is a death in the family, this or that? What happened? You know, I'm going to the chaplain's office. I go in, the chaplain says, come on in, close the door. They close the door. This inmate's confidential. He'll get you delivered. Tell him what your problem is. I've got a problem with pornography. I'm, you know, about to lose my marriage, this and that. And, and I don't know how to get free. Pray for him, bam. So God used the con to help get the cop set free. And they would get delivered. And uh, sometimes they'd be on a deathbed, and you know, they, this, it was funny. Uh, one time, a police, uh, one of the uh, prison guards comes to me, hey, so-and-so is on the deathbed right now, and he's about to die, and you know, there's problems with his liver, and he's done, and I have pancreatic cancer. 
I forget what it was. And this staff member was incredibly mean to me repeatedly. And he didn't like me because I was actually a Christian. So I was being persecuted not for my personality or, you know, what I looked like or, you know, because I'd done a crime, but because I was a Christian. You're hated for, for his name's sake. And uh, so, you know, I was like, okay, so they want me to pray for this guy who hates me for him to get healed to come back so he can hate me more. You know, I'm thinking, hmm, let me, let me pray into this for a second. The Lord says, yeah, I want to heal him. It's my goodness that leads men to repentance, you know. Romans 2.4, it's the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. Grace is just so much better than, than judgment. God deserve, desires mercy, not sacrifice. And so as we were praying, I went into the laundry room with these other staff members and other inmates, and we gathered around, we held hands, and I had a vision. I saw him on the operating table, and I saw the hand of God come into his stomach area and literally lift the cancer out. And at that same hour, he was on the operating table and the Lord literally had lifted that cancer out of him. And he was healed at that same moment. The cop and the con. The con that had been born again is praying for the cop that was on his way to hell. And guess what? Cops that are on their way to heaven are praying for cons that are on their way to hell. So it just you could be one way or another. It's about the saved and the unsaved, not about you know police or law enforcement versus you know the criminals. It's who's on their way to heaven. And guess what? The cop and the con can both be on their way to hell if they don't know Jesus. Okay? So, uh, so anyway, um, we find out that he makes it through the surgery when the doctors went in, this miracle had happened. And he came back about two weeks later and I was going through the laundry room and I'm thinking, hey, what's going to happen with this guy? You know, raised back from death to life, you know. And he, he saw me and said, hey, Herobedian. He says, uh, I want to talk to you. So he calls me back into the, the laundry room and uh, pulls me back behind, you know, a shelf. And he was in tears. He said, they told me what you did for me. And I said, and he says, I know I've been really wrong to you. He goes, and I'm sorry God showed me something about myself when I was on that operating table. And he says, I thought about you on the operating table. Oh. And he says, I felt the hand of God go into my and pull it out. And he says, I knew somehow it was connected to your prayers. And I'm thinking, wow. And I said, I said, well, God is very gracious and merciful. And he was as kind as could be to me after that. So that's a vision that I saw while in prayer. But it was a choice to step on the golden railroad tracks and follow the Lord. You know, you could always say, oh, well, you know, I didn't pray for the guy who was under judgment. He died because he persecuted me. That's really a very small-minded perspective and doesn't really give God credit for the work that Jesus did on the cross. He died once for all. He didn't die once just for you and three others. He died for everybody, and we need to share the love of God. So that's an experience of a vision. So here's another, the dream that I had it was uh, 2 o'clock in the morning, so I have this dream that or 3, 3 a.m. and I have the dream, 2 o'clock, I want you to come back. And this camp administrator only came to the camp once a week from the penitentiary where his office was. And he only came for 30 minutes because he hated the camp and he couldn't wait to get promoted to move on. And so he had already been earlier that week, like on a Tuesday, from 11 to 11.30, and he would stand in the dining hall around other staff members and literally avoid having to do his job. And he named the name of Christ, which was kind of funny. And so 
I'm back and I go to this staff member's office and I walk in and she says, Here beating. She said, What are you doing here? I said, I came here to talk to the camp administrator. And she said, Well, he's not here. He only comes on Tuesday for half an hour and you know, you'd have to send him and you know, a request and you know, good luck, you know. I said, No, he's coming here today. I said I had a dream this had a dream three o'clock this morning. I was supposed to come back and at two o'clock I was supposed to come wait in your office and he'd be here. And she said, well, I'm telling you he's not here. I said, well, I'm telling you, I was told at 3 a.m. And she wasn't a believer. And he comes walking in and he like opens the door. He goes, oh, oh, sorry. I said, no, no, I, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> and he looks at me and uh, he says to me, he says, well, what do you want? I said, well, you know, I, I, spoke, I, I said, I, I guess uh, you had denied my furlough paperwork. And I said, uh, and he goes, well, you had a furlough for 12 hours. I said, well, I've been incarcerated, you know. 19 years, I said, and furloughs are actually to help create uh, family ties and help establish that for smooth transition back into the society. And he says, well, he said, uh, I granted you another one for 12 hours, not you know two days for an overnight stay or forget what it was, I don't remember what it was. And uh, I said, well, would you do me a favor? I said, you name the name of Christ. And he was kind of an outspoken Christian in, in word, but not in deed and action. And he looked at me and I said, would you just take five seconds and ask the Holy Spirit if I'm supposed to have 12 hours or something longer? And he said, God has nothing to do with my decisions. And I said, thank you, sir, for your honesty before the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, before the angels, and before the sons of men, your staff members, and before the demons of hell. And he looked at me, and the color ran out of his face. And he said, you'll be lucky to get any furlough now. I said, I knew that before I came in here, sir. I counted the cost, but the word of the Lord has come forth, and your heart has been revealed. I said, have a good day. And I started to walk out. He spun around, walked out, spun around, came back in. I walked out. He was like trying to find... And it was a very intense moment. I went outside knowing I'd lost my furlough, but knew that I had obeyed the word of the Lord. And I went and walked the track, and I began to rejoice. And somebody came and said, what happened? I said, I just had a confrontation with the camp administrator under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He said, what happened? I said, I think I just lost my furlough. And he says, what? I said, yeah. I said, I just lost. Why did you do that? I said, because I wanted to obey the word of the Lord that came to me at 3 a.m. So sometimes it's not always about your benefits when God speaks to you. Sometimes you don't get a benefit short term. It actually costs you for obeying the Lord. In fact, that staff member, when he spun around and walked out, she looked at me mortified. And we were actually, you know, good friends. She would go to bat for me. And uh, she looked at me and I looked at her and I said, never confuse him with a real Christian. And she looked at me. She says, you don't know what you've done. I said, I know exactly what I've done. And now he's exposed. And she looked at me and she says, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave my office. I said, no problem. I said, have a good day. I walked out and he was like spinning around. He was like chasing me. So he actually got me fired from my job. He took my job and I ended up uh, you know, losing the job over that and I had joy. So you can have a dream and be led in triumphal procession in Christ Jesus, but it's sometimes into the fiery furnace. Sometimes it's to see a non-believer delivered who persecuted you, and other times it's to see a Christian 
who's naming the name of Christ, and they're not obeying the Lord. This is what the Lord showed me in a vision. He showed me that this man used to get on his knees before God, and he says, God, if you promote me to warden, I will make all of my decisions by getting on my knees, and I'll obey you. I'll be your judge. I'll be your administrator. I'll be your prison warden to release your kingdom on earth. But as he was getting promoted, he'd forgotten his vow, and God made him confess it before the angels, confess it before the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, confess it before the demons, and confess it before another staff member and another inmate, and he was exposed. So sometimes it's not about you, it's about them, and sometimes it will cost you to serve the Lord short term, but he will always pay dividends long term. He who's faithful with little will be given authority over much. Did he ever repent? I don't know. But I know that day he was cut to the heart and convicted. And, you know, later on, I imagine as he got promoted, because whatever you do without God, you must either fail at miserably or succeed at it even more miserably. I know. I succeeded at an entrepreneurial gift of making money at five watch stores, wholesale company worth a million on down in Bradstreet at age 25, 24. But then, you know, I succeeded the wrong way with my entrepreneurial gift, stole a couple of jet airplanes, Mercedes-Benz, bag of cash, you know, a couple of kilos, a couple of suitcases full of cocaine, ended up, you know, waking up in Leavenworth Penitentiary with the cockroaches, and then God got a hold of me. So whatever we do without God, we must either fail at miserably or succeed at even more miserably. And I believe all of mankind's problems are basically summed up in one root issue is mankind trying to accomplish his God-given calling without God. I think Hugh Hefner was called to be an apostle, and instead of planting churches, he planted some other kinds of studios and accomplished his God-given calling without God and was miserable, even though it appears as though he wasn't. And then Mother Teresa accomplished her God-given calling with God, and she had very little. She had two dresses, but planted a thousand orphanages. So she fulfilled her God-given calling, and those orphanages got women and children off the street out of abuse and begging and prostitution, got them education, and Hugh Hefner brought women into a different type of house and brought them into bondage. So you can always tell a tree by its fruit. So there's two examples of, of dreams of the night. There's another time when I was young in the Lord and the Lord began to show me uh, people he wanted me to lay hands on to impart spiritual gifts to. And so you can't just like, I'm going to impart this spiritual gift to so-and-so and I'm going to impart this spiritual gift to so-and-so and this one's going to speak in tongues. This one's going to get word of knowledge and word of wisdom and this one's going to get the gifts of healing. It's not that way. We're extensions of his hands in our hands. And what we have been given in that moment, we can give to somebody else. But if you haven't been given it, you can't release it. We're really just like, uh, you know, messenger people. Like, you know, Grubhub delivers to your, your house. They can't deliver what they don't pick up. You know, so you don't like, oh, I just want to worship at your feet. This pizza is the most amazing. Look, I'm just a delivery guy, right? You know, call the place that made it, you know. So when we are delivery people, messengers, or carriers of his glory, carriers of her grace or grace lets, we always want to put the focus back on the one who made it, which is the Lord Jesus, who's the giver. The Holy Spirit gives the gifts severally as he will, but he'll often give them through different people. So 
when we're faithful, he'll, he'll allow us to do that. And so I was having dreams and the Lord would tell me, I want you to go lay hands on so-and-so. When I say the Lord would tell me, I would have a dream and in the dream I would see this individual and he would be outside of you know my people group, culture or comfort zone in prison at that early walk about two years in to my prison bed. Now afterwards, I got along with everybody, floated through all the different cultures and you know, God gave me grace with, with everybody. But in those early days, you know, everybody kind of like was segmented off. It was very, uh, you know, very intense in the different, you know, lanes and cultures and ethnicities and, and that kind of thing. And so the Lord would show me to go lay hands on somebody in a dream and I would be doing it. And I'd be, I'd like wake up and I'd be like, what, why would I do that? The Lord would be like, I want you to go pray for them. So I would meet them. Hey, I had a dream about you. We're supposed to meet. I'm supposed to pray for you. God wants to give you some spiritual gifts. And they'd be like, really? I've been praying for spiritual gifts. I said, well, let me guess. Have you been praying for word of knowledge and word of wisdom? Yes, I was reading that in the Bible. Well, that's what I saw in the dream. So then I would know it was the Lord. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we want to be led by the Spirit. So I would go pray for them, and it would be effortless. Why? Because it was already God's idea. You know, the gifts of the Spirit are always moving. We're just not always in the Spirit to move in them. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are always moving. We just are not always in the Spirit to move in them. That's why we get on our knees, pray in the Spirit, and then we'll elevate in our old stinking thinking. We'll be purged with the mind of Christ, and we'll have elevated thinking where we're seated far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in Christ Jesus. And now we have heaven's perspective on the matter. And so it often comes word of knowledge, word of wisdom, or an insight or something to do in a dream or a vision. Other times I would have a dream or a vision. I would see myself laying hands on somebody for healing. And I would see myself laying hands on them at a specific location. And they will have twisted their ankle and it was all swollen up, black and blue. And I would go and I'm like, well, they don't even have a bad ankle. That doesn't make sense. 30 minutes later, they're on the basketball court or something, and they twist the ankle, and I'm like, I'm running over, and I'm like, oh, God wants to heal you. Why? Because I saw it in a dream. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we have to follow the dreams and the visions that God gives us, but we also need to have revelation, number one, interpretation, number two, and application, number three. So let's say that I saw somebody fall on the basketball court, I saw myself laying hands on them. I wouldn't go to them and say, oh, the Lord showed me you're going to have an accident and begin to prophesy that. But what I could do is I could say, hey, listen, why don't we pray that you're protected when you play basketball today? And now we can pray against the enemy's plans instead of declaring the enemy's plans. And in this situation where I prayed for the person in the dream and then it happened in the natural, I was younger and the Lord and the result was they ended up having an encounter with the Lord. Non-believers saw what God did. The guy literally got up, finished the basketball game, and was playing like Air Jordan. He'd never played like that in his life. His game went to a whole new level because he had the anointing in him. He ended up starting to come to church, got a relationship with the Lord. And even non-believers started to say, man, this thing is real because of what they saw with their own eyes. And so this is one of the benefits of dreams and visions. God can give you dreams of warning. He can give you dreams of correction, rebuke, guidance, direction. He can give you dreams of uh, the future so that you can begin to walk that out. 
uh, I, for, for a season, the Lord was giving me what I refer to as prophetic investing. The Lord had spoken to somebody and uh, they began to send me money. The Lord spoke to them. They said, you know, Lord, my, my husband is, is dead. What, what do I do now? And, you know, she and her husband were dear friends of my mother and uh, my father. They were, you know, in the same age category. And the Lord says, I want you to take care of my servant, David, and I want you to send him X amount of dollars a month. She was like, what? And all of a sudden I started getting like 300 a month for like three years. And she would just send that money. And I ended up, you know, going to school with the money. I paid tuition, built, you know, planted Christian lockers, bought, bought slaves out of Sudan through another ministry. I bought, you know, I just, just did great things. And then I did prophetic investing. So God would show me in a dream what stock to invest in from behind bars. And I was making money in the stock market, you know, with, with this, you know, little, you know, chips, a few hundred a month or whatever. And, you know, I remember one year I've just bought everybody Christmas gifts with the money and sending gifts around, you know. I mean, I was prospering from behind bars with prophetic investing from dreams and visions. And what was funny was the Lord would tell me what to invest in. I would go to like the value line and I would kind of match it up and it wouldn't match. I'm like, there's no knowledge in the natural that supports this. And I'm like, that's got to be God. And sure enough, everybody would advise me against it. There'd be something that would change. The FCC would deny somebody else's stuff and wouldn't share space with them. And uh, they'd be denied and their stock would drop from like 40 to four. And the other one would go from like four to like 20. And I'd make the margin between four and 20, like a 5X you know, increase in a matter of two months. And you know, like I said, it was kipples and bits, a few hundred there and you know, maybe grand or something like that. But it was, it was fun money, but God was trying to teach me through dreams and visions. Then my uh, person that lived like across the hall from me was a big time investor guy. And he knew about this stock that was gonna go up and he'd been sitting on, he'd been studying it for three years and everything lined up. And he said, this is getting ready to change and they're gonna have faster computing. And when these chips are released, then this is gonna take over the stock market and the whole nine yards. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is amazing because when this happens, I'll be able to make like a 10x increase. So I like wanted to dump my money into this because it absolutely made sense. And I had three dreams. And in the dreams, I was out of brake fluid in my, my vehicle. And every time I tried to hit the brake, I was in a, a neighborhood. I was only doing about 20, 25 miles an hour. But I literally had to use... The, uh, the emergency brake to slow down and kind of drive into a yard each time. And I'm like, what is going on? I don't seem to have the brake fluid. And the Lord was trying to slow me down so that I wouldn't make that mistake. But guess what? I had to have that advice from a non-believer who had inside information. And guess what happened? The stock exchange decided not to use that. And what I didn't understand at the time was there are powers that be in different layers of stuff that make decisions that are not always logical based upon what would be logical because it's messing with their money and their control. Anyway, so I got my money stuck in that deal for the next two years. I was out of the stock investing, prophetic investing business. And, uh, and so finally I said, Lord, okay, I've made a mistake. What do I do? And he said, uh, sell your stock and sow it into a miracle ministry. He says, give it to me and I'll multiply it. And so when I did that, it's a funny story. When I did that, I went all in with God. And then at that point, somebody that I'd done time with like, you know, 15 years earlier, 
they uh, called my sister and said, hey, I want to give David some money. I just got an inheritance. And so they ended up giving me a pretty good little chunk of money for somebody who was in prison. And I wasn't sure how much it was, but all of a sudden I was flushed with cash and now I'm ready to go again. And, you know, God had blessed me. But my point is this, when we obey the Lord and the Lord spoke to me to give it all to him, sow it into the kingdom for souls, and I'd reap a harvest in a different way. And, you know, God will bless the work of your hands. He'll multiply the work of your hands. He'll bless you through other people. You'll end up with inheritances, unexpected things. You know, recently we were given an opportunity uh, to go on TV at no charge. And I told the Lord, I'm never going back on TV again unless, you know, you pay for it all. And so we were recently somewhere and we were doing TV broadcast. And the person says, I want to give you your own broadcast and this and that and X amount of programs. And I'm thinking, oh, I've heard this before. And they said, I'm going to give it to you at a price you can't say no to. And I said, okay. And they said, I'm going to pay for it all. Video editing, video capture, promo videos, distribution. I was like, we pray into that, you know. So we prayed. We had peace. So we're probably going to, you know, move that direction. And that's in play. But it'll be completely paid for. But do you know how many times we paid for TV broadcast out of our own pocket from marketplace money that we earned? For the privilege of preaching the gospel, we paid our own bill. And we literally carried the donkey, which is the ministry, instead of the ministry, the donkey carrying us. And I said, I'm not carrying the donkey anymore. I'm drawing a line in the sand, you know, tough Tony. I'm telling God, you know, I'm not going to. And finally, you know, I, I waited him out. That's right. I waited God out. Anyway, so God opened that door. But we were continuing to do different things on different pro programs and broadcasts and continuing to pump out the word of the Lord, whether it was Facebook Live, YouTube, you know, something like that. And God knew our hearts, but that, that, that just recently came out. And we were just on a broadcast that's currently airing on 12 major networks across the United States. This week, we didn't pay for that. It just happened. And so when you're faithful with little, God will give you authority over much. But he often speaks to us through his language of the night of dreams and visions. And positioning yourself to hear from God is very simple. Number one, believe that he'll speak to you this way. Job 33 says this, verse 14, reading on, God does speak. Job 33, verse 14, God does speak. Now one way, now another. As deep sleep falls upon men, in a dream, in a vision of the night, as deep sleep falls in, in men, he may open their ears, seal their instructions, turn a man from wrongdoing to preserve his soul from going down to the pit or perishing by the sword or delivering a man from his own pride. He does this oftentimes with men. So God speaks to men in dreams and visions of the night, though man may not always perceive that it's God. Pharaoh was spoken to, a non-believer. He was a pagan king. Yet God spoke to Pharaoh, but he had no interpretation. God had to send Joseph in prison to Pharaoh to interpret his dream. And what happened? Pharaoh got the dream. God gave a dream to a non-believer who was a wicked man, worshiping a pagan god. And yet God gave the interpretation of the dream to a con, a convict. And God raised up the convict to interpret the pagan's dream. And it saved the nation. That's the mercy of God. But do you see how interpretation is required with revelation? 
And then Pharaoh said, well, what should we do if this famine is going to come? What should we do? We need a wise man with application and timing. Joseph says, well, you need to raise you know, somebody up. Pick one of the wise people. He goes, well, I think I'll choose you. So Joseph went from the prison house to the palace as prime minister just like that because he had dream interpretation. You see the power of dreams and visions of the night? King Abimelech took Abraham's wife to be his wife because Abraham, God's man of faith and power, lied and said, it's my sister because he was afraid they were going to kill him. But you want to know what? God knew Abraham's heart. He met him at his point of faith. And what happened? God gave Abimelech a dream. This woman that you want is Abraham's wife. And if you don't give her back to him, I will kill you. He got a pretty clear interpretation without, clear. without Abraham's help. So sometimes God will speak to a wicked man with a dream and give him interpretation and cause him to bless the man of God and restore his wife. So there's different ways God will speak to non-believers. I had non-believers come up to me. Oh, David, I had this dream last night and I just feel like I'm supposed to share it with you. And, and they'll tell me some dream and I'll be like, my God, that's the parable in Matthew 7. Of the, and they'll be like, oh my, and I'll open it up. I'll say, have you ever read this? I'm like, no, I've never read that. Oh my God. And they're reading it out loud. They're like, this is exactly my dream, like word for word. And so they would be like, my gosh, God is speaking to me. And that would draw them into the scriptures. So we need to have revelation, interpretation, and application. Did you know that more than 30% of the Bible is compiled from dreams and visions? From Genesis to Revelation, God revealed his plans for his children through various dreams and visions. God still speaks today, if we will but listen. Tonight we're going to close. We're going to shut this down tonight. We're going to pray for dreams and visions to be released. Are you ready? Let's go ahead and stand. <coughs> Let's go ahead and stand. How many want to take off the limitations? Say, Lord, we remove the limitations. Elevate us in our thinking. We want everything you have for us. Give us revelation, interpretation, and application. We fully expect you to visit us with your language of the night in dreams and visions. In Jesus' name. Amen. And let me pray something. And I encourage you to put pen and paper by your bed. And when you do get a dream or a vision, don't think it was just, you know, too much, you know, anchovies on the pizza or whatever. Get up and see if it's the Lord. Seek him. Because when he visits you in dreams and visions, it's because he's giving you an invitation to spend time with him in the secret place. Because throughout life, we're so busy now with social media, text messaging, the vicissitudes and distractions of life, that God will often wait till we're knocked out in the night and then he'll visit us with dreams and visions or speak in our ears and seal our instructions and draw us into fellowship so we might ask him about the revelation 
received by the Holy Spirit interpretation, and then he gives us application and wisdom and timing. God gave the sons of Issachar a special anointing that they might know the times and the seasons of what Israel ought to do, whether it's prophetic investing, buying a field, whether it's when to share with somebody, whether it's when not to say anything and to wait upon the Lord. Sometimes silence is brilliance. God gave us one mouth and two ears for a reason. And you know, when you get a prophetic word, it's not always a prophetic hot potato where you got to go give it. Sometimes it's a prophetic word for you to pray for that individual. And the other side of dreams and visions and the prophetic is prayer and intercession. So right now I declare and decree a release of the anointing of the sons of Issachar under the sound of my voice that you might know the times and the seasons of what you ought to do. And as many as are led by the Spirit of God, Romans 8, 14, they are the sons, the mature sons and daughters of God. May the Lord raise you up from little children to young men, daughters to young women, and from young men to fathers in the faith, daughters to young women, and mothers in the faith, that you might have victory and always be led in triumphal procession in Christ Jesus. I also release the declaratory word right now of angelic assistance that begins to happen in your life and your ministry. And I break open the seer anointing on your life under the sound of my voice that you might be able to see into the realm of the Spirit by the Holy Spirit. Even as Elisha was with Gehazi. And Gehazi said, there's so many of the enemy's troops. He says, Lord, let him see what I see. And suddenly his eyes were open and he saw an encampment of the host of Israel, the armies of God, angelic host. And he said, be at peace. More are they that are with us than they that are with them. Lord, let us see the two thirds of the angels that did not fall, that we won't be focused on the third that did. Let us see your glory and your light that is so much greater than darkness. Let us see from your perspective, seated far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in Christ Jesus. Let us have a heavenly perspective where you sit in the heavens and you laugh at the wicked for you know that their day is coming. You have them in derision. Let us sit in the heavens and laugh and then send us down with compassion that we might encounter people that need you, that they might have an encounter with you and the pure water of the Holy Spirit might flow through our vessels unhindered by our flesh, by our soul, that Peter's shadow might be reactivated and manifest in and through our lives, that demons might come out, the sick might be healed. When we walk into the room, we're carriers of your glory because We've been in the secret place with you. And people say, we know that they've been with Jesus. We can smell the fragrance of the knowledge of the Jesus of the Bible diffused in every place. And we thank you for this right now. Clothe us in your power and your love and your armor. We pray and I declare dreams and visions begin to get poured out upon you tonight 
and in the nights preceding ahead. In Jesus' name. Those in agreement said, Amen and amen. amen. We'll see you next week. David and Joanna Herabedian. There's the finger saying hello. Queen's wave. Visit us on virtualchurchmedia.com. And also uh, the Sid Roth broadcasts are out in the podcast. And howtofreezetime.com is out there. And so uh, we encourage you to visit. If you want to partner with us, we encourage you to do so. I just ask you, pray and obey. Whatever God says, do it. And you will prosper because you're in relationship with him. So seed in good soil and get a great harvest from his hand. God bless you. Bye-bye.